Avengers! Hello everyone and welcome back to Excelsior, the world's number one Marvel's Avengers and Guardians of the Galaxy podcast. I am your director, Christian Buckley, joined as always by the Apex legend, Jack Martin. Excelsior, Christian. A uh, unfortunately cloudy, rainy, happy 4th of July to you. Early 4th of July to you. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say, uh, this weekend, this episode is coming out July 3rd, the following day. Of course, Steve Rogers' birthday, so happy birthday, Captain America. <laughs> Indeed, happy birthday. National holiday. Um, you doing anything fun this weekend? Uh, usually I do, like, a pool party at my relative's house. Um, I think it's supposed to be rainy. I usually do it on the 3rd, and I think it's supposed to be, supposed to be rainy then. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm going to the Woo Sox, <laughs> the Worcester <laughs> Red Sox on uh, the 4th of July. Hopefully that doesn't get rained out. Um, but yeah, what about you? Uh, nothing. Yeah, actually, um, you know, I was thinking of potentially starting Halo 1 this weekend. I figured Halo, they got some military stuff in there. That's a good 4th of July celebration, right? Oh, yeah, dude, you, you, you need to do it. You need to do it. I'm thinking of doing it, so we'll see. I wholeheartedly encourage you to do that because Halo is just perfect. Very nice. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for sure. And you know, I am on uh, an Xbox Series S right now. I, I picked one up, and I've been tempted to double dip on Avengers. I don't think I'm going to do it, because I'll just wait to get the next-gen Avengers experience when I do get a PS5, and then I carry my progress over. But I have been tempted, Jack. I, I've felt Mephisto making deals with me in my mind. See, that's fair, because I have essentially double dipped from PS4 to PS5. Mm-hmm. And if there was cross progression, I would say if you could get the game, which you probably could get the game for like 15 and under, then I think I'd say go for it. But yeah, the fact that your progress wouldn't carry over would be unfortunate. Yeah. So hopefully maybe there's an update like that in an upcoming roadmap or something. But uh, we do have a lot to discuss today in regards to some updates and maybe some expectation setting for the game later this year. And of course, uh, Loki, the new episode. But um, yeah, is there any other Marvel stuff that's been going on with you that you want to get into before we talk about this week in Avengers? Yeah, uh, so mostly it's it's with you, Christian, because I noticed mm. on Letterboxd a app I love dearly, and I think you do too, mm-hmm. uh, movie tracking app. It's very good. Um of course, you've been going through your MCU rewatch. Yes. And it appears as though you've reached the year 2016. I know you're doing like a, a different order, mm-hmm. but you're in the movies in that year. Uh, so catch me up. What's going on? I saw one particular review that made me very happy. Uh, yeah. So I'm doing timeline order. Um, the most recent movie I've watched, I believe, in terms of actual releases is Spider-Man Homecoming. The most recent I watched in terms of the timeline order is Doctor Strange. So, um, yeah, floating around 2016, 2017 at the moment. Um, it's been fun. For some reason, it gets really weird timeline order-wise after Civil War because, um, you know, Rhodey gets his injury in Civil War and at the beginning of Doctor Strange, there's, he's getting a call when he gets in a car accident and he's like, his assistant says, oh, there's a... U.S. Air Force guy who got in an accident, experimental armor, paralyzed from the waist down, and he's like, nah, I don't want to take care of that. 
So you assume Rhodey would be getting surgery close to Civil War, but this is two movies away from Civil War? It's really weird. I don't get it. Yeah. I actually think that might have... I think they someone debunked that, but when I saw that, like, yeah, that's that's the expectation is that that's Rhodey. But apparently it's not. Interesting. From what I've heard. Yeah. Well, uh, what was the specific one you wanted to shout out and address? It's Civil War. That's... Uh, it's my favorite Marvel movie. It stands to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw a pretty good review from you in terms of the stars. So so what what has changed? And also, can you read me the title of your review? <laughs> yes. So I've been trying to do just like fun, non-series reviews for each one, right? Um, the Civil War one, I gave four and a half stars. I said, uh, I, I typed it out as you would a file with underscores instead of spaces. Um Thanos, perhaps I treated you too harshly. JPEG. Excellent. <laughs> yes. So, Civil War this time around. Obviously, I've said this a million times throughout each run of Excelsior, but I wanted Civil War to be Winter Soldier two, and it's Avengers two point five, not Civil, not Winter Soldier two. And I also was very critical. I think when we reviewed Civil War that the Sokovia Accords don't matter. And I still stand by both those sentiments. However, the role Civil War plays in the final acts of the Infinity Saga, I think, in hindsight, I appreciate it more for what it did, even though it was still a letdown for me on what I was going into the movie expecting. So that's sort of where my shifting has happened. So you, you appreciate it more now? Uh, do you think it's because of the hindsight of Endgame and Infinity War? Yeah, I think that plays a part for sure. Because, like, I, I thought the Accords thing was stupid. Because, like, initially it was walking out of the theater. I was like, oh, that's okay. It was a, it was an Avengers movie. It wasn't a Captain America movie. Because Winter Soldier is my favorite. And um, that was the initial disappointment. As time went on, I think when we rewatched it for the show originally, I was like, okay, but, like, Spider-Man's out here doing stuff. He's not registered. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Doctor Strange can do whatever the hell he wants, right? So the Accords don't really mean a thing, but it's more about what Zemo did, the fracturing of the team, how that is sort of why Thanos won in Infinity War. So, like, I think on that front, I realized the importance of Civil War and that conflict, even though the Accords are still kind of dumb. Yeah, that that's really sense. good. Totally. That's a, that's a really good point. I feel like there's a lot of stuff in MCU movies that really matter for that particular movie, but don't matter to the grander um, MCU. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the Accords, they like even make fun of it in Infinity War, where James Rhodey is like, it do- this doesn't matter. Um, and obviously, they're bigger threats. But yeah, you're right. Uh, but that's good to hear. I, I'm a big Civil War guy. Uh, it's my favorite. It still is my favorite. So it's it's... That is nice to hear. Warms my heart. Hell yeah. I, I enjoyed it. And I imagine it's going to hang in the top 10 when I'm all done. But Nice. Uh, why don't we move on over to the Avengers game. V- very brief updates this week, uh, but it's an interesting conversation, I think, to have. Um, this week, Fury's Report, low power level, Stark Realities, haha, the high power level, Our <laughs> Town. I swear to God, Our Town is here every other week. <laughs> Yep, this is for sure, I know for a fact, the Utah threat yes. sector. 
we it's been consistent enough that every time we see it and we know it's utah we know it's been in the game again recently so like yes we learned you know (laughs) i know like five of the i don't know 20 that they cycle in and out Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so how many have you played do you know uh all of them (laughs) not not for like low power high power but you know gone through all the missions of course sure uh, the Harm Room Challenge this week will net you Avengers from 1974, number 122. And uh, the Marketplace this week has some interesting stuff, including a Captain America sale. But uh, what else is the highlight this week, Jack, in your eyes? Uh, yeah, it is uh, the sale going on this week, but um, they did add the um, a new Captain America skin. Uh, it's called Captain America's Ultimate Outfit. I believe this is the his outfit from the i would presume the ultimate run of marvel comics is that correct i think so yeah okay so this is like the uh very blue top with the white and red like uh armor or uh, abdomen piece and he has like the horns kind of sticking out of his head mm-hmm. um it's kind of like when you think of like comic book captain america this is the one that you think of unfortunately it has the game shield rather than the mcu shield uh, but oh well this is a, a 1400 credit skin um, and there is a sale going on but this isn't a part of that which yeah. is a little strange but you know they're not neither is the end game suit which is following trends right none of the end game suits have been on sale in any of the sales so far um but yeah disappointing to see for sure but it's a cool looking skin maybe eventually when we get another captain america sale the ultimate skin will be discounted I might pick it up eventually because I do like how it looks, but, you know, right now my credits, I feel like, are reserved for eventual MCU drops, I think. Yeah, um, and I was I was a little curious this week because I think it's a really good marketing opportunity to have for the 4th of July weekend to have a Captain America sale. That just makes a whole bunch of sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm curious why they didn't release the Thor Endgame skin, like, when the Captain America skin came out and released the Captain America Endgame skin for this week for the 4th of July. I feel like that would have made a whole lot of sense. Um, yeah. Maybe it's because the Thor skin is still being worked on. I don't know if that's the case or if it's already done and they're just messing with the schedule, but it is a little strange to me at the very least that the Captain America Endgame skin didn't come out this week. Um, it is cool that they did the Ultimate skin, um coming out this week but i feel like the main draw would have been the the end game skin so scheduling for me at least is a little interesting sure and we can talk about this now but uh last week on the friday dev stream they were asked about the mcu thor outfit and they said thor is getting an mcu skin but it's not the next mcu skin to drop which is uh baffling considering everybody else got one already from endgame that was in endgame and is also in the game um and thor is the last remaining character that doesn't have one yet uh they said he is still getting an mcu skin but the next one will not be thor's mcu skin so people are speculating that next week black widow's coming out that we will get another black widow skin in the game do you think that's realistic for next week i would expect that yeah i would expect the new white black widow skin because we already had the avengers endgame black widow skin which is like her black outfit and 
I think if you do the new updated black outfit, it doesn't really set itself apart to yeah. be the you know new big drop. So if you do the new white one, which I've seen in posters, um, that's kind of what I'm expecting, and I think that would look great. So um, it it makes sense. Like I'm sure they wanted the Black Widow skin that they're going to release probably to be out in May. Obviously, the movie was delayed. Um, so yeah, I think this is just like a wrench in their skin uh, plans because. I'm sure they wanted Thor to be, like, next week or very soon. But, yeah, they got to do the marketing synergy. So I Mm -hmm. I bet it's Black Widow, yeah. And not to beat a dead horse, because we kind of talked about this before, but especially now, if Black Widow's getting a second MCU skin before Thor gets his first one, like, considering the conversations you and I and the community have been having about the accuracy of the suit look of the character in the MCU to the game look of the suit. Like I feel like expectations, the further and further we get out without a Thor skin or seeing a Thor skin are just going to be set higher and higher for, is it the right hair? Is it the beard? Some people are saying they, at this point they need to see Stormbreaker. Like, do you think that we're just going to keep getting expectations rising? I mean, yeah, it, it seems that way. With with people wanting Stormbreaker, like, obviously, you're not going to get that. Um, yeah. I just really feel for you, Christian, because that's Thank your you. dude. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> you posted a really funny tweet uh, this morning of, like, a, sp- a SpongeBob <laughs> background character, like, slamming his, his hand <laughs> into the ground. Um, it's just so perfect. And it's – I really feel for you. Thank we you. mentioned the uh, the Revenant skin. Well, hey, now there's a good Revenant skin in Apex Legends. Yeah, I got to um, get on that. So at least there's that. At least you're eating good um, elsewhere. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is – this is the McDonald's, and Apex for you is like the Burger King. Um, I don't know if that's a good comparison for you, but in my my mind, McDonald's is the number one. Burger King's like the number two. I would say Avengers is my Wendy's, and then Apex is my McDonald's, where I only okay. get it occasionally, but when I do, I love it. There we go. You know, yeah. Wendy, Wendy's is consistent; does, doesn't disappoint me. I know what to expect. It's Avengers. like you're getting. Yeah. It's like you're getting the the um, the new. You know chicken nuggets at mcdonald's when you've been waiting for some new stuff at wendy's you know yeah like apex is mcdonald's sprite like it's great yeah. i'm like why don't i do this more but it, it's it just it is what it is you know and i enjoy it every time um but yeah thor i, I don't want to be one of those people but i am hoping at least like the beard man please come on like it, cap's shield being accurate i think gives me hope at this point and after all this time Maybe they are pushing it out further and further so they can do that. Like you said, maybe the White Widow suit was something they were working on for May before the delay happened. Who knows? But, um, yeah, next week I would fully expect to see a new Black Widow MCU skin. So, Do you genuinely expect... Um, I don't know like how the development is working, like whether all these skins are already done and they're just scheduling them out or they're con- you know working on them until release... Do you expect at this point the Thor skin to be the best one yet or of, you know, the top three with Iron Man and Captain America? Or are um, you are you like kind of nervous? I'm expect because because it's taken this long and he is last and so much of his look is not the costume for Endgame. My expectations are set to be this should be the best one. 
Um, maybe the White Widow suit could be the best one also because they've learned from the first Black Widow suit. Uh, but yeah, the expectation for me right now for sure is that Thor should be top three. Uh, most accurate, best looking, uh, most exciting things to buy. You know, like I, I think it should absolutely be up there at this point. Yeah, I, I don't think that's unfair at all. Um, it, it has taken a really long time for Thor, who I think has the most, if not one of the most iconic looks in that movie, mm -hmm. to get his skin for this game. I feel like you have to do it right. And I'm looking at, uh, I, ha I got the commemor commemorative Avengers Endgame Cup, and they have his look from the beginning of the movie mm -hmm. uh, when he goes to kill Thanos. Yeah, um, that's basically Infinity War, right? Like, I, exactly. I've seen some people say that, that maybe they could do that one as a cop-out, which, like... That'd be disappointing. I, yeah, like, I'd still buy it, because I like that look, but you're right, it, it would be disappointing, and if we're doing that, then, like, I know it is not with that suit, but, like, just throw the eye patch on or something so we can have some sort of thing, because, like, he wasn't wearing that and wearing the eye patch, but, like, it would still look cool. Like, I just want to be happy with whatever we get, man. <laughs> Yeah, I I really hope they knock it out of the park for you because you. that's that's the one. Like you have to you have to get that one because it's the coolest look. Yeah, like there hasn't been a good Thor drop since Unworthy and I'm growing to dislike Unworthy at this point because I just see mm -hmm. it every single time I load that game up. I'm like your hair it's is still. like bleach blonde, man. Like it looks <laughs> like Thor 1. It's weird. It's a weird nitpick, but like I need a different suit, man. I need something else for Thor. <laughs> Just anything. Yeah. But. Well, hopefully soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Hopefully in July. Hopefully by the end of July. Yeah, because uh, God knows I did not buy the Razor skin for Thor. Uh, <laughs> that was something. Uh, if, you if you're if you working on completing that set, though, the other four in the shop this week are Kamala, Cap, Tony, and Clint. Um, I don't know if Cap's Razor skin is part of the Cap sale either, but... um. At this point, I don't know if anybody cares. So, yeah, uh, I don't. I'm not sure if anyone does. Like you're right. Well, uh, why don't we go on to some update updates? Uh, did you know, Jack, that uh, the Crystal team is testing the Super Adaptoid Omega Level Threat, and they found that the ping system is very helpful. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is a really funny. I suggest everyone go read the uh, war table that we're getting all this information from. Um, this is very much like a, hey, 4th of July is coming up, so we don't have much to say. Mm -hmm. And it is funny that this is like, well, I guess we got to say something um, for the updates. So that is really funny. Um, maybe they meant more so for like the NPC characters that you could play with. Because I was sure. using the ping system with the uh, Monica Cube event, uh -huh. and I was telling them to attack people. So maybe they're like, hey, that carries over. Um, but yeah, it is, it is really funny. It's like, yeah, that's not, uh, you know, out of the ordinary, but, uh, it, that's good. Am I wrong or does the Omega level threat have to be played multiplayer? I think you're right. So, oh yeah. Yep. You're right. You're right. So I'm, well, I mean, you can still have AI partners, right? But I'm wondering if, um, remember how with the Monica, uh, beating the odds, besting the odds, whatever the fight is, um. There was the computer hack with the, the cube floating in the air, and you had to break it down, the generators and everything. Yeah. I'm wondering if the fight will have something like that, because 
at this point, I have to imagine that it's going to be slightly different than the just a hard version of that super adaptoid fight. Like, hopefully there is some sort of mechanic in there that is like, oh, there's raid light mechanics of there is a certain elemental attack, and if you're shooting this specific thing when it's happening or you're dealing damage to this thing while that AoE is coming out, you'll be invulnerable, or something like that, that would reward the ping system, but yeah, maybe I'm reading into the whole ping system is helpful too much, and it is just a hard version of the fight, but I can't think of, in the standard version, why I would have used the ping system at all, so. Yeah, I'm with you. Also, in the updates, uh, they said that priority missions are getting a slight rework in terms of rewards that uh, is going to make them more exciting. So these priority missions we run through every week in Fury's report, maybe in the coming weeks they've said they will give some information on reasons to actually be excited about them. So I know you and I talk about never really doing the priority missions, maybe sometimes, but uh, do you think there's a world where they could get you in on like the high power one if they guarantee something better than whatever they've been doing uh i think for me it'd be like polycoron uh um, yeah that would be a reason to get me in i don't think this would be like hey do this mission get an exotic that seems no yeah too easy yeah um so like a valuable resource maybe like i'm overflowing an upgrade module so i don't really know if that would get me in maybe some dna keys that'd be something nice. like that I, I would at least think about it. Yeah. I, yeah, Polycorn's a good thing to uh, suggest because I'm tapped on that right now. I was actually playing this morning, and I'm working on getting some of my um, other characters up to 150 right now. Mm-hmm. And I was working on Cap this morning, and the Tactagon exotic artifact, I was only able to upgrade to level 7 before I was at zero Polycorn because lately when I hop in, I don't play too long. Uh, except for doing challenge cards, and I haven't been picking up bounties because half the time bounties are like collect this resource from a field mission, and the resources don't drop in the harm rooms. So I haven't been earning a lot of polycoron, but you know, priority missions. Good good news all around if you give me some gear and some polycoron to uh. Help me out in the long run, because I know I'm going to have to upgrade my future heroes as well, not just my current ones. Yeah, I have like 50 Polycorn on, and I have like a level 9 artifact for Iron Man. So I'm, I'm my power level is 149 mm-hmm. right now. Um, and I think you need like 65 Polycorn, so yeah, I'm with you. I need some more. That'd be yeah. I think that'd be a cool avenue to explore. Yeah, so we will see in the coming weeks, and uh, in the coming weeks we will also see a Black Panther deep dive because currently uh, Andy, I believe on the social community management side of Crystal Dynamics uh, during the dev stream was stated to be working on plans for the Black Panther deep dive. So it's dropping in August. Presumably we should see something I'd say at the earliest towards the end of this month, you know, just as a little preview video, sort of like we got for Clint before Future Imperfect dropped. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You kind of always get these before the content drops, so this will be really cool. It's honestly, like, I was kind of... I think we were both expecting gameplay in at the E3 showcase for this game. Yes. Um, We got a cool new trailer, especially with the music that you could listen to after the stream. But, um, (laughs) yeah, 
this is where we'll be getting you know all the the gameplay for uh the black panther expansion and that has me really excited so this is something to look out for soon hell yeah i want to see all those kinetic energy pulses see see some cool wakandan technology working out but uh with that why don't we get into some stark realities uh we were talking about some dev stream recap stuff last week there was some comments that were interesting that uh were spread around notably that we'd be getting a second roadmap sometime this month or next month we touched on that briefly last week but in the dev stream they said you know they usually talk with fans in the chat they usually answer questions the best they can someone asked will the new roadmap feature a new hero and the response from crystal was considering the roadmap is for next year undoubtedly yes now this is interesting jack because after Paul Tassi made his article last week for Forbes, uh, recapping his discussions with Crystal, he said there are plans for content in the fall. Now, piecing all these pieces together, knowing we're getting a new roadmap for stuff after War for Wakanda, knowing that we're still getting Wasteland Patrols and the Cloning Lab, because that was also mentioned again on stream, that is dropping after War for Wakanda, uh, knowing that Spider-Man potentially legally maybe due out this year and now crystal saying the next roadmap is for next year what do you imagine this fall looks like in relation to this roadmap is it just going to be a couple updates is there not going to be a roadmap that covers post war for wakanda or is it going to start in september and bleed into early next year yeah so it sounded like the roadmap, the next roadmap we're getting covers the whole year. Like, from post-war for Wakanda to the end of year two. At least that's how I took it. So, September to September? That's what it sounded like. Okay. Like, the the response was, considering the roadmap is for next year, mm-hmm. which to me says year two. Okay. okay. So, like, it, it seems like we're getting September to September, or October to September, Um of a roadmap which seems very like a lot which seems like a lot um but at the very least we will be getting stuff um for the fall i honestly was like expecting the next roadmap just to be stuff in the fall but it seems mm-hmm. like it's going to be pretty extensive um but uh to answer your question about what does the fall look like i think we will definitely be getting smaller content updates um after war for wakanda because that's just gonna be so huge Mm -hmm. um i can see maybe a character dropping in like december doing like the uh kate spot i don't think we'll get two in the fall Mm -hmm. um i think the next one is probably bucky I i feel like they could tie that into war for wakanda um if they choose to go that route spider-man it's from the way paul tassi described it it seemed that spider-man is like it needs to happen but isn't necessarily like the next big priority um it's probably because it's only coming to playstation Mm -hmm. but um it didn't sound like like i remember paul tassi wrote like it could be at the end of this year but it could also slip into next year Mm -hmm. um so yeah i'm not i'm not quite sure but it does seem like smaller things akin to like a cosmic cube event or um a black widow 
harm room takeover sort of thing maybe sure. we got a horde mode um coming in the fall that'd be awesome uh and maybe a hero but i'm not expecting anything massive obviously yeah why don't we take a look at what we know is coming right because we do have wasteland patrols presumably according to miller the uh like the vibranium mining facility raid is post war for wakanda launch so those are two things that i think are interesting and then the cloning lab according to crystal is also coming after that those are three i would say significant isn't like it's a broad it's a broad stroke significant right but like yeah you could say not insignificant yeah sure like they're not nothing um yeah and i mainly i put that modifier on because of wasteland patrols presumably it's going to be whatever you know maybe the the marvel heroes guy can bolster it a little bit and it can be something really exciting but i feel like you could easily based on what they've done so far for year one position those as being the big monthly drops for the majority of the fall yeah i think cloning lab would be a really good post war for wakanda drop um being like an omega level threat and like Mm -hmm. a raid light content maybe um like just you know a, a a new diverse mission um that's different from the rest i feel like that'd be a, a nice continuation of the mo- momentum post war for wakanda um but yeah i think the fall will after war for wakanda will just sort of ride on the high of that expansion with some like smaller updates um how does how do games like destiny usually do like post expansion content like the months after that so the way that Destiny's been doing it lately, at least, is... I'll use the most recent one, for example. Beyond Light was the like the marquee expansion for 2020. And when Beyond Light came out, uh, there was the story campaign. There was some post-game stuff. Uh, I believe the weekend following launch, the raid came out. And then I think around that time the season started and the season also had uh, the season was like an additional hey 10 bucks and you can like progress through this pass for the season and there was a story arc through the season there was unique modes throughout season and that ran i believe until february and then a new season started which just wrapped up a couple months ago i think and we are currently in another season that is going until august or potentially the next expansion early next year because it got pushed so the way destiny's been doing it is seasonal storytelling with new modes new cutscenes that drop as the weeks go on so kind of different from avengers just sort of a different focus of what their support looks like but um i I think that sounds more like apex honestly yeah in the case of avengers though i do think it is much more of a hey here's this one thing that you're gonna want to do for probably a night or two for this month and then you'll come back next month i think with the level of investment they have for the general player base of this game right now, that is what their aim is. I don't think it's the destiny of like, hey, yeah, every week there's going to be something new, even if it's small, but every few weeks there's going to be something notable and you're going to want to be on top of that. Like, I don't think they would do anything like that with Avengers at the moment. So, um, so what do you 
expect for the fall and when do you think we get the next roadmap like how how close in proximity is it after war for wakanda so i think i mean the window they gave for a new roadmap is july or august for an update so i would say oh so before yeah uh, so war for wakanda so i i think we could have something and honestly considering the fact that they haven't officially said the word raid but like data mines and leakers and conversations like a raid is coming for mm-hmm. war for wakanda post launch of that expansion I, I think they need to get out ahead of the release and say when the raid is coming i think that is really important because they're going to want to ride that high off of the returning players of like hey you just went through war for wakanda it's our biggest thing yet hopefully you all really liked it and you don't have to wait long because Two weeks after that's out, at the beginning of September, is the mining facility raid, and you're going to want to carry over that progress. You're going to want to take those two weeks to really gear up and get ready for it, get your team together. I think they need to have a date on this raid before War for Wakanda launches if they want to keep the momentum going of the people who are coming back, you know? So that's a good call. Do you think um, with the... uh deep dive with black panther do you think that's when we get the next roadmap maybe if we do a full dedicated war table video again because mm-hmm. it's been almost i feel like a year since we've had one of those um it will be in a couple months i think but yeah i i think having a 20 minute war table where there's a deep dive on black panther and then an updated roadmap that just carries us through the rest of this year and maybe maybe have like little snippets of what's coming this year to have some b-roll for it and then the greater roadmap that does extend into next year could just be a graphic like we've seen before with this current one sure Um, and yeah i think that's realistic if the deep dive is in a video format which it feels like it's time for that to come back right that was a really cool initiative they had that they kind of just dropped yeah they they had uh before release i think they had like two uh, like war table videos like you mentioned where it was someone from the dev team talking and like sort of introducing the game and going over some of the aspects and it helped like explain beforehand what the game is although i was still confused until i got my hands on it mm-hmm. and then like around the launch of the game it was sort of like a you know patting themselves on the back sort of thing which is just you know that's sort of how things go yeah. um but it was like I feel like it was like what you said a really good like communication device, um, and I we got like smaller versions of that with uh, Kate and uh, Clint, but it didn't feel like the big longer versions of the war table like deep dives that we got pre uh, launch. So I I do hope those come back. I agree with you. Yeah, and I think a good way to do that would be for this big expansion, right? Because you and I. I think our attention was way more focused on Avengers during the summer game mess last year after that first one where it's like, oh, this is actually what the game is now. Okay, beta soon. Okay, we'll try that, you know? So I think you could probably get people who you either lost or didn't get yet with another notable presentation like that. Just talk to Keeley, be like, hey, can you just stream this on your channel? Do a co-stream with us, just get more eyes on this thing and really go all out when they actually have stuff to show for it because maybe it just wasn't ready for e3 but yeah i think 
a big highlight of T'Challa, the map, maybe the story, also the raid, and then even a graphic of the next year, year two, right? Like, I think that'll go a very long way and hopefully uh, get some momentum for the people who are coming back. So I, I think it'd be very smart. I would love to see that sooner than later. But um, as far as this year goes, I'm with you. I think post-launch of War for Wakanda, content light, kind of, but like the light content is Cloning Lab, which we've been waiting for for a year, The Raid, which is exciting, Patrols, which could be whatever, and then maybe One Hero, so... Yeah, I, I'm wholeheartedly with you on that. Uh, even if it is on the lighter side, which I think it will be, that just makes sense. Uh, like, you don't want to crowd the fall. Um, I feel like everything is starting to ramp up for this game. The fact that the devs are talking about having a roadmap that is potentially covering the whole year uh, is wild. Like, that, it, it's a far cry from where we found ourselves a year ago. Um, and with like the biggest expansion coming and, uh, there, it seems like their work is like really being put into stuff coming out next year, which I was very much on the fence about a week ago or two weeks ago. It sounds like they're very set on doing a lot of having a lot of content for next year. Um, and even going into 2023. So, uh, it's really good news. And I feel like the momentum is, is ramping up right now and will hopefully carry out uh, through the end of the year. So this is good stuff and I'm very excited. Yeah. And I, I guess the last question I have for you, Jack is I want to ask you, cause we're about halfway through the year, right? Uh, we're going to see at least content through December for what we're getting next, right? Out of this next, uh, war table. Is there going to be a point in December where you and I can look at all these new people playing Avengers and being like, we told you you should have believed <laughs> um i go back to the the bet that greg has with imran khan greg miller has with imran khan about i feel like this is a better one where it's like avengers will be in an okay position at the end of the year mm-hmm. where imran will look at the game and be like all right it's okay um i feel like that will happen okay if you and i if kevin diaz starts playing this game again and like really gets into it I don't know if that's a reality. I don't know if we're gonna. Be, I don't know if we're gonna be floating up as Captain America and Thor, mm-hmm. looking down on his lowly level. I don't know fifty Captain Captain America power level and saying mm-hmm. we told you so. Time, <laughs> time to run through boot camp and get caught up. I don't. I don't know if that will be the case, okay. but that would be amazing. Yes, that I would lose my mind if that was the case, and I hope it does. Uh, and before, you know, because Roadmap could drop any day at this point. They said July or August. Um, before we move on, last thing. We have to bring it up. We have to manifest it. We got to make it possible. Horde mode Marvel Zombies in October. That's the only thing. Honestly, don't even drop another hero this year. Do that. That'll be perfect. Right? Right? Christian, how many how many TikToks are you making about this? I, I made one the other day, and that was my first one about the Horde mode so you you gotta pound it on I okay okay I'll, I'll, I'll get on that, that that that'll get us that'll get us the horn bed i think okay okay crystal dynamics 
Jack, you know what's funny? I the official hashtag for this game is Play Avengers, right? Mm-hmm. On TikTok, if I look up the hashtag Play Avengers, there is uh, it shows you the video feed, right? Some of them are gameplay clips. The only videos with people's faces showing are mine. Of course. Dude, you have the control. You have the keys to the TikTok empire. Yes. So Crystal Dynamics, TikTok, big with the kids. I'm not saying that I'm promoting the game or anything or that I need anything, but if you do me a solid, I'd be very happy. You know, if Horde Mode gets in this game and it's Marvel Zombie <laughs> themed, I'd be pretty positive about it. That that would just be incredible. Yeah. I, I at the very least, want a jack-o'-lantern in yes. Halloween, but I think shooting for the fences horde mode that i mean i feel like if we get a basic horde mode that'd be great yeah it sounds like you, a good addition maybe yeah maybe if it's even a basic horde mode maybe next year we could do a halloween event where they're reskinned as marvel zombies you know sure i feel like year two marvel's avengers is uh that's gonna be that's gonna be quite the year you know it had its it had its rookie year uh year one it was you know had a lot of injuries uh went you know went down to triple a then it's coming back year two having its real big you know gold glove season getting getting the all-star uh the vote to get to play in the all-star game Um, yeah that's what i'm thinking that's what i'm thinking i mean it's not something we haven't seen before that's exactly what happened with destiny destiny Uh year one got like a six out of ten from ign in 2014 and then 2015 was the taken king and ever since the taken king Destiny has been like the gold standard for games like this and I think probably one of the best games of the last generation so I I think it's absolutely possible I think this game of course we've done multiple months talking about this game so there is something here so I hope War for Wakanda can capture that and repackage it in a nice exciting way Maybe not to the heights and extent that the Taken King did that for Destiny. I'm not expecting that in the slightest. No. But it's possible to have a turnaround. Yeah, I I feel like War for Wakanda is uh we're 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 chugging there right now. We're we're climbing the roller coaster and War for Wakanda is the drop. I feel like mm-hmm. that is that's where we're going. And I'm I'm hopeful. Hell yeah. Well, meanwhile, we got some stuff going on in the MCU. There was a new Shang-Chi trailer that dropped, I believe, during an NBA Finals game, um, and it kind of blew up online. I don't know if you watched the trailer, but I'm sure you saw this aspect of it. Did you watch it? Uh, I did because I had to, okay. <laughs> because I already knew what was in it. Okay. So, yeah. so Abomination, uh, Tim Roth's character from The Incredible Hulk, long rumored to be coming back uh, actually confirmed to be coming back for she-hulk is making his debut return in shang chi and he is fighting wong in a (laughs) underground fight club super powered fight club it's it was the weirdest thing i did not expect that out of this movie but what did you think of seeing abomination again after 12 13 years if you did like two truths and a lie i would have thought this would be the lie because sure why would abomination be fighting wong in like a fighting <laughs> ring um this gave me vibes of uh the uh detective pikachu movie when they went to the fighting ring sure. and there's a gyarados um it, it was a we- it was a weird situation but um yeah this like totally took me by surprise i thought this was crazy 
abomination is not a good villain <laughs> he was not a good villain in uh in the incredible hulk and it's just kind of weird that he I, i'm just very interested to see what that story is going to be mm-hmm. um i'm sure this is like he plays a very minor role in this and that seemed it seemed like that was more of like a internet hype situation where we have these two characters that people know and we'll just you know throw that out there to get the movie uh some good marketing i don't think he will play a significant role in uh shang chi but very bizarre to see him (laughs) show up in this trailer so that's something yeah um I, i do think it's also funny that this year for marvel movies we are getting uh we're we are being forced upon us the uh the villains we fought time and time again in this avengers game over the last year we're getting taskmaster this month and we're getting abomination in september yeah it yeah that that really is how the cookie crumbles apparently Mm -hmm. yeah definitely exciting i'm wondering if there's going to be more references or connections to other things in shang chi we know the true mandarin is going to be at play here but um yeah i'm excited for that movie and this was like you said the last thing i expected out of this but Something I didn't like about that trailer was the rings themselves uh, mm-hmm. didn't look like the best CG to me. Maybe that's just the trailer, but it, it stuck out to me. I was like, oh, it, this looks weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we're still a couple months out, so things sure. can change for sure. But, yeah, I noticed that. Well, but, yeah, uh, the, the movie itself, very excited for. Oh, hell yeah. That's going to be a great time. Can't wait for that one. Uh you know what I can't wait for? <laughs> <laughs> What's that? I I, I know it, it's kind of a bit at this point, but you, we're excited to see Spider-Man, right? We're just worried about it. Mm. Yeah, I need to see it. But but yeah, I also don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, it, it's going to be an interesting day, you know? I, I think it, 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 it might... <laughs> Worst case scenario, it's going to be a mirror of the December where we all saw The Rise of Skywalker. Dude, I was just about to ask you, is it going to be that December? Because it's coming out around the same time. Yeah. I mean, for me, I came out of Rise of Skywalker um, having my expectations met. Sure. Um, and I was like, you know what? That was fine. Uh, I know you and uh, Mike Connors and Pat Maroney were not so pleased. Yeah. But... Um, yeah, I was just I was just going to ask you, is it going to be like that? So uh, I'm glad our heads are on the same page because, oh boy. Yeah, well, uh, honestly, kind of an exciting thing or something that I liked from one of the leaks of this movie. Uh, there has been some merch coming out, so people be careful now. Uh, the Lego sets are coming for you. But um, through action figures, Lego sets, Funko Pops, we have some new suits revealed for uh, No Way Home. I keep wanting to call it Far From Home. Yeah, they, me- they messed me up with this naming thing, man. It- it's weird that No Way Home is after Far From Home. It's-, it's it's a weird thing. I get it, but it's weird. They gotta... I know this is the last time they're, they're using Home, or at least it seems that way. Like, this, they're doing this trilogy, and then they're, you know, doing stuff after it. Mm-hmm. It's gotta end, and I'm glad it's ending. It's too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Uh, why don't we discuss this a little bit? I'm sure you saw some of this, right? You saw the suits at least? Yeah, I saw the one in particular. I saw a couple, um, okay. which is funny because there's multiple suits in this movie apparently. Um, yeah, well, Far From Home had two also. There was the the new one and then Night the Monkey. Night Monkey one. And I believe the 
Iron Spider was in there also, and the uh, yeah the um <laughs> the normal Stark suit, like the blue and red. That's right. Yeah. Uh. So I guess I guess it's on par. Uh. For what they've already done. But yeah, they have um, the one I saw that I th- think looks really cool is uh, a Spider-Man suit integrated with Doctor Strange's suit. So the logo in the middle looks like the Doctor Strange logo, and it it appears that he might be able to use magic <laughs> through that suit. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that's one of the Funko Pops that I saw. That, I think, looks incredible. Wish I saw that in, in the trailer. That should have probably been out by now. Um, but yeah, looks great. What, what else was out there, Christian? So there's what I'm assuming is the new standard suit for Peter in this movie. Um, it is a hybrid between the suit he designed himself and the spider of the Iron Spider suit from Infinity War. But this time it is a solid gold spider rather than the the one from Infinity War that's like I think a like a navy or whatever it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um personally I love that suit. I think that looks fantastic. I'm a big fan of it. I think it's a great combination. The red, black, and gold looks fantastic. The gold kind of like wraps around his wrists also where the web shooters are. I think it looks great, and I'm very excited to see him on screen in that suit and the reason i say i think it's the new standard suit is because yes we've seen set photos of him with the far from home suit but if we really are going to get multiple spider-men in this movie i think they want to make it very very physically clear which one is their spider-man and i think a giant gold spider on his entire torso makes that pretty clear yeah that's a good point um even Andrew Garfield's and Tobey Maguire suits look, you know, fairly similar when you compare Spider-Man suits on the whole. It mm-hmm. is They are sort of the basic Spider-Man suits. So I think if you have the MCU Spider-Man have his own unique look, if we're going that route, then yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a good move. Uh, I agree. I, I feel like both suits look really interesting to me. Um, I love how Spider-Man just has... A vast arsenal of suits like that's just part of his identity um and it's really cool like the spider-man video game had a whole bunch of varying costumes you could choose from so it doesn't feel like there's one particular suit that is the main one um of course for each movie like there is like the you know more focused one but spider-man's always wearing different outfits so that's cool um man we gotta get this trailer soon people are going nuts online yeah like there's been a lot of other stuff that I haven't looked at. Like, there was some confusion about some people thought there was a scorpion thing, but apparently it was just a bug in part of a Lego set. There's, like, uh, J.K. Simmons is talking about some stuff. Like, it, it, Spider-Man has a, a weird tie to the 4th of July. Black Widow's dropping next week. You assume this is going to be in front of Black Widow, right? I would hope so. Um, and if it is, Christian, dollars to donuts. It comes out on a Monday because Marvel always releases trailers on a Monday. So if this is July 5th, there you go. But uh, I don't know. I'm nervous about this trailer releasing. It feels like we won't get it until the fall for some reason. What if? Because, you know, everybody's trying to get, you know, whatever else is potentially going to stray us away from being back on track this year i think at this moment a lot of people are like hey no yeah just get get back to what you used to do before 
is there a world where Marvel's like in theaters only? You can see the Spider-Man trailer in mm. front of Black Widow. If you want to watch it in, if you want to watch Black Widow on Disney Plus, tough luck. But if you want this trailer, <laughs> you got to go in theaters because Nolan did that for Tenet. Me and Omar, a friend of yeah. the show, went to see Hobbs and Shaw the night it opened because two hours <laughs> before we saw a thing that was like, yeah, Tenet's first trailer is only in front of Hobbs and Shaw. We were like, okay, let's just go see Hobbs and Shaw then. Um, so studios have done that before, but do you think Marvel would do that? You know, they did their whole Marvel loves the movies sizzle reel earlier this year. Are they trying to get people back in seats? Uh, that's really smart. Um, I don't think they do that. I don't know if there has been a precedent for the MCU in doing that. Usually the trailers just sort of come out. Uh-huh. Um, I do have my tickets secured for Black Widow, so that'd be good for me. Mm-hmm. Um, dude, I'm planning on buying a lot of popcorn, let me tell you. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, honestly, I don't think that would be the case. I I really like where your head's at, though, because they are very much, like, on the crusade of let's get people back to the theater um, as much as we can. And having the trailer for the new Spider-Man movie be exclusive to uh, the theatrical ex- experience with Black Widow, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so maybe. I, I really do hope this trailer is soon. I have a sick feeling in my gut that we're not getting this until the end of the summer or in the fall because that's just the way it has felt for this movie. Mm-hmm. Like we have we know so much but we haven't seen anything. So, oh man, we yeah. just got to get it. Got to get it. We also have to remember I believe it's being I don't know who's distributing it, but Sony's involved also. So, mm-hmm. I don't know if they have a film coming up and they want it in front of like I don't I think Ghostbusters is Sony. I don't know if that new Ghostbusters is still hitting this summer. Um I think Venom is still supposed to come out this year and that's before December, so like I don't I don't think you're too wild for thinking that we might have to wait a little longer if Sony wants to slap it on one of their things, but um cuz I think they did that with Didn't they do something weird when we got Far From Home, Venom, and Spider-Verse in the same year. Didn't they do some weird trailer stuff with that? Uh, probably. Like, I think the post credit scene for Venom was that scene in Spider-Verse where uh, Miles is at Peter's grave and meets Peter B. Yeah, yep, you're absolutely right. They did do yeah. that. That was at the end. Um, I stuck through the credits uh, of Venom. You heard that Eminem song? <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> yep. Uh, went through that. Listen to that. It was amazing. And then, um, yeah, you're right. They did show that scene. So, yeah, maybe we do get something. I'm looking at Twitter right now. Greg Miller from Kind of Funny is freaking out. He is demanding Tom Holland for information. Straight up. He oh, cannot bet. be contained. People yeah. are going nuts. People are ravenous on Twitter right now. I mean, I don't blame the- them. I'm worried. <laughs> I mean, like, if we get to the point where toys are, like, giving information away about the movie and we haven't seen anything about the movie, it is very bizarre. Yeah, but is it, though, like, it is Sony, and they have a track record of all this stuff with some of their movies, man. Like, I I don't know. I Trailer aside, I'm already slightly concerned about the film but yeah i think the further we wait the more that's just gonna fester and hopefully you know that works in my favor and the movie blows me away but uh 
yeah, I would like to see anything. Like, do you even think we're going to see any of the returning actors in that trailer? Uh, dude, I don't even know what... I'm sending you something I just saw on Twitter. There's more pop uh, photo or photos of pop figures that got released, um, okay. if you want to talk about them. But, dude, I don't even know what to expect for this trailer. I don't know if we're going to get... Um, a stinger at the end of Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield coming out. Um, if it's just the main cast of uh, Peter and his friends and Doctor Strange, and then maybe a stinger of, uh, you know, Doc Ock or whatever. I, I really just don't even know what to expect for this movie because all of the information we've got about it is baffling to me. And yeah, the, it's just, I feel like everyone's at that point where we just need to see it. We've heard so much about it. We just need to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm looking at it right now. Uh, no Way Home takes place around Christmas. Is that confirmed? I think you're right. I I might just be confusing that with Miles Morales, but I do see Doctor Strange in a wonderful-looking puffy parka jacket and a snow shovel and snow boots, so that makes yeah. me excited. Did you see the middle Spider-Man figure? Yeah, so... I don't know what I I did see something about this earlier. There's an action figure of this. It is, re- resembles sort of the anti-ox suit from the Spider-Man game, where it's a black suit with gold webbing. And yeah, I don't know. It's called the black and gold suit. I don't I don't know what to expect, dude. Like, because we see the integrated suit, which is that Doctor Strange one you were talking about. Looks like he has magic web shooters. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff in this, and yeah i honestly i'm excited to see him team up with dr strange uh i think that's gonna be a fun combo but i get why people don't want him to be tied to anybody anymore yeah i i feel like now that we know that this is a trilogy and he's had a mentor for each movie um like it or not that's continuing now with dr strange uh i like dr strange post infinity war Mm -hmm. um spider-man right now is someone who kind of has been attached to mentors uh, with Jake Gyllenhaal, last movie, obviously Iron Man, and now Doctor Strange, and <laughs> the other Spider-Man, presumably. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see Doctor Strange. Uh, I'm very curious about the black and gold suit. Um, in my mind, like traditionally, uh, Miles Morales usually wears uh, the Spider-Man suit that has like the black um, sort of like base, and then like a red stripes or or red webbing or you know stuff like that so immediately i was like oh is miles in this movie um i don't think he will be but that's where i went so this is definitely a a sort of very different suit for peter um yeah this it's just wild that we have all this information about this movie and we know the con we know none of the context it's just bizarre to me yeah and one of the other pops here is also Ned, and that reminded me there were rumors that he's going to be Hobgoblin, right? Like, this movie, man, like, I, we need, we need to see something. By next, by next episode, we should at least have a teaser trailer to discuss, please. Dude, I don't know. I don't want to get my hopes up. Like, I would love for Monday to wake up. You know, it, it's, it's the extended holiday. Everyone has Monday off. Um, That would be such a treat. To just wake up to Spider-Man Far From Home trailer. Like, yeah. that, we we get, we need it. Like, Shang-Chi already has two trailers out there. Can we get, can we get a 15-second trailer 
for Spider-Man? Christ. No, <laughs> you know, you know, no, Jack, because remember, there are two other Marvel shows and another Marvel movie dropping before Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> we no, haven't I'm, seen anything from Ms. Marvel, anything from Hawkeye. Those are Marvel Studios. Those aren't Sony partnerships. Marvel Studios cares about Marvel Studios first. <laughs> I know. It, it. It's so bizarre to me, like, typically, like, with stuff like this, like, you... You focus on the one project that's coming up, and then you go to the next one. But you're right. There's, like, multiple projects in very close proximity to each other. So you kind of have to do all the marketing pretty much at the same time. Um, So, yeah. Man, we need it. We do need it soon. I hope we get it soon. I'm worried it won't be till the fall. But, dude, if we can talk about that next week, I would be very ecstatic and nervous. Well, at the very least, we'll probably have black widow to talk about uh do you know what time you're seeing that at yet i'm actually seeing it on a saturday so okay um, next episode yeah. next next episode though right yeah because are, I are still you don't have seeing tickets. it okay but yeah I, th- I think i'm gonna try to hit like a a matinee on that weekend or something nice so yeah but that does it for mcu talk right now well MCU news. Uh, MCU talk is continuing with Loki episode four. Leading the charge. Spoiler free as we normally do. Episode four of Loki picking up where we left off with uh, La Lamentis. Mm-hmm. 12, 16, yep. four. Yep. One of those. <laughs> one of those numbers. <laughs> uh, exploding. We pick up there. What did you think of this episode? I loved it. I think it's my favorite so far. Um, it's just I feel like it was a really great continuation of last episode was more of a character focused story uh, episode and you know that continues in this episode but I feel like episode three was a really great setup for what we get into in episode four and episode four just blows the lid off of this whole show and is really like cementing the idea of man this might be the best MCU Disney Plus show yet um i love wandavision but this is like really creeping up um on its tails and i i agree with everything excuse me everything you've been saying so far about the show being incredibly focused and i feel like that has continued with this episode um so yeah what did you think yeah i really really enjoyed it um i loved everything that happened in this episode i thought there was some excellent tension very well shot directed scenes of uh the mysteries unfolding that we've been dealing with so far and again i think it's because of that focus that we've talked about the past few weeks and i would be surprised because we have two episodes left at this point Mm -hmm. uh and it feels like we could really still have a lot to discuss with this show i would be surprised if by the end i don't think this is the best marvel show i think at this point in the series so far I think it is better than the respective point of WandaVision or Falcon that we had whatever proportional number of episodes in we were to either of those, right? Like, I just think it is such great payoff. It's developing a character in a very intimate way that we haven't really had a lot of emotional development of, or if we had in the past, it was spread out in the background across a decade, uh, the focus of specifically this character becoming okay with himself and also uh, just cracking open the idea of the multiverse even more. And 
just that mystery that I think is really great about WandaVision, but kind of faltered a bit in their execution is pretty flawless here because it keeps you guessing and we get answers pretty quickly and that is continuing. So yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a great episode. Uh, why don't we dip into spoilers? So yeah, to, to bounce off what you were saying, I really liked your idea of comparing WandaVision to this in terms of like where we end up uh, like episode count. So this is like what you're getting at. This is like where we get the flip in WandaVision uh, where uh, we know that Agatha is like the bad person and like that's mm-hmm. the end of this episode in a way. Um, and I agree. I feel like the mystery and the answers we get for this mystery that has been built up is so much more satisfying than the one in WandaVision because it was almost expected in a way. And um, this one, obviously, you nailed. But this one, I think, was a lot more surprising and um, fulfilling in a way where now we we don't even know what to expect going forward, uh, where we kind of did with WandaVision at that point in the show. Uh, but yeah, this this has just completely flipped the show on its head, and it's brilliant. I love it. Absolutely. Uh, I will take my uh, 10 seconds of gloating right now. Yeah, you nailed <laughs> um, it. Yeah, timekeepers don't exist. They're completely fake. I, I think you suggested Wizard of Oz as a comparison. I, I think I did. So very well done on that comparison because they were very much, they were literally animatronics. <laughs> I thought that was great. Uh, the, the second we saw the timekeepers at the beginning of the episode and there was all that fog and like showboatiness, I was like, this is a Disney ride. This is not real. There's no <laughs> way that they are real. Yeah. Um, because I think leading the episode with finally having visual evidence after all these weeks when I'm like, there's no way in hell these things exist. I think they were trying to get me to still surprise me, you know, or mm-hmm. like people who are on my side, but I was not buying it. <laughs> and then, yeah. Cause they had like the weight of like the fog and like the red yeah. in their mm-hmm. eyes. And it was like, it, when I saw that, I was like, Oh, so they are real. And yeah, they, they got me at least. Yeah. Cause I, I, I really, I think for how minimalist the TVA is, I was like, this is too much for the people that created the TVA. Like there's no way that there, this is a real thing. Like, I got Mandarin vibes, like overproduced, mm. very, very trying to sell you hard. And I was having a bit of doubt, but when that fight scene happened at the end and then the robot head came off, I was like, nailed it, knew it. So that was, that was yeah. fun. It was a good reveal too. And I, I feel like it is one of the better uh, like bait and switch reveals in the MCU, at least for now. Like we don't know the culmination of like what's actually, who's actually running the show. Um, but just to like, have the answer from sylvie cutting off the head of one of the uh robots and then being like well what is going on i love how we have a week to sit with that and Mm -hmm. we don't know what's going on and i i can't even i think people like have gone to the conclusion that maybe kang the conqueror um we've talked about it is running the show but i don't even know i which i think is the best so yeah sure this episode's nuts uh also i think just to throw another thing out there in terms of that scene where the reveal happens at uh, Ravana, I believe mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the head of the TVA, uh, the liaison between the TVA and the timekeepers yep. was not phased in the slightest. So she knew like she, she definitely knew. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, the episode ends before like the end credit, uh, of Sylvie talking to her and being like, tell me everything. So I right. fully expect, next episode to be 
uh, going to Planet Loki, <laughs> and then <laughs> um, Ravona telling uh, Sylvie what is actually like who is actually running the show. Yeah, um, I think like I could see it be Kang the Conqueror, right? Because we know he's coming into play with Ant Man, and there was that very interesting theory that the TVA was that city in the background in the quantum realm, right? Mm-hmm. I just. <laughs> Again, I feel like I hear that and everybody's so on board with that. I'm like, this is Mephisto again, man. Like, I don't think it's going to be that clear and cut. I really don't think Kang the Conqueror is going to show up next week or even be alluded to. I think it's going to be probably some weird side thing. Like, oh, some cosmic entity and we don't have a face or name to it. And people are going to be upset that they didn't get an answer. But, like, I, I don't know if this show is the place to have that answer, right? Yeah, because... I feel like there's two episodes left. I feel like we wouldn't get the head honcho like next episode or maybe at yeah. the very end. It that would if they do the Kang the Conqueror route, I feel like that would be a Darth Maul at the end of solo situation where <laughs> where Ravona like talks to him like off camera and be like, See you in uh Ant Man and Quantumadium because he has to be in that movie, right. right? Like So yeah, it would seem it would seem like a very minimal like hey he's the leader we'll deal with that later sort of thing um yeah and personally like i i think the internet is still getting used to multiple season serialized weekly television again right mm -hmm. i think it's way more impactful and better for a show if you have that bait and switch that you shock so many people with and you don't get a payoff of it in when there's so little of the show left right for this season at least like I would way prefer to see, like, oh, wait, so what's, like, who is this thing? Like, does Ravana even know? Like, does she just get DMs from some random thing? Like, does she know who's controlling those robots? I don't know. I'd kind of prefer to not know and have this organization really just be in this role of, hey, we're just following this because it's our belief, you know? And we talked about comparing all this tva stuff to religion recently i don't think you get much more analytical and critical of religion than yeah we don't really know who's the one calling the shots but we're following the orders you know i i think that'd be very interesting uh yeah i i just love how the show in episode one established like the rules of what they're doing in the show in terms of like pruning the timeline and all that sort of stuff and then now uh we're in episode four and like you know we're like two-thirds of the way in the show and that has completely like flipped on itself and it's like well that's not necessarily the case the sacred timeline is kind of maybe a bunch of bullshit mm -hmm. and like we we just don't know what's happening it seems like in my mind the person who is running the show is um clipping i i guess we can't even use that terminology anymore like getting rid of these people and sending them elsewhere um to benefit them in some way or another like yes there's no sacred timeline in essence like multiverses are always happening um and they're just like getting rid of these people and sending them to some place that benefits them in some way or another um which is crazy and i'm excited to get those answers and i'm excited mm -hmm. I i'm glad that we can stew on that for a while because it's just it really just hit you with a ton like a ton of bricks yeah man and I actually completely forgot to bring this up 
because uh, I did watch Doctor Strange on Sunday, right? So before this episode came out, and then after I watched Doctor Strange, I would like double down. I was like, there's no way this is real. They say the multiverse, like every five yeah. minutes in Doctor Strange, the Ancient One manipulates and pulls from the multiverse to keep her life that <laughs> like extended. Like the multiverse exists. It's a real thing that's been real since 2016. And you know, like in our eyes, but in universe forever, like the fact that she is manipulating the multiverse TV is not on her ass. And she's not worried about the TVA or not doing anything about the, t- like, I really think, yeah. Uh, I, I'm with you, whatever your point was. I forgot what it was, but yes, there's no way. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does, like, whoever is running the show seems to be using the TVA as a mask and using the rules that they've established to, like, prune the timeline um, mm-hmm. as a way to benefit themselves. We don't know what that is, but that's sort of, that's what I'm thinking at this point. Like, for some reason, both of these Lokis... Um, you know, we're inconvenient to whoever is the leader of this and they are pruning them um, in some way because they were inconvenient to them. Um, and what I really loved about the, uh, like the sticks when we'll get to your comparison of what those look like. Cause I think that's great, but I love how I, immediately I thought of the end of um, the, was it the secret invasion? No, it was the, uh, what's the WandaVision comic? Or the Wanda comic that, like, she says no more mutants. Uh, House of M? Yeah. At the end of House of M, um, she uses her powers, and then, like, they're like, well, we don't know exactly what happened. Like, matter can't be created nor destroyed. And that's what I thought of when Loki, like, gets sent to the whatever he gets sent to. Um, Because, like, you can't, like, just destroy someone and then they're non-existent. Like, they had to do something with them. So I really liked how that's a thing now. And everyone who's been pruned is seemingly being sent elsewhere yes uh before we get to that point because we do see that there are of course more loki variants right have you seen the theory that the person running the tva is another loki variant Ooh, that that seems like it would jive with the show honestly yeah i i think that'd be honestly like i think that's more likely and i think that'd be a more satisfying reveal than kang the conqueror and the internet would hate it but i think that would be way better no, I, I feel like, because, yeah, why would the TVA be so, I mean, they're already hunting down multiple Lokis. Wouldn't it wouldn't it make sense for a Loki to try to assume the, the dominant position as the one and only Loki? Exactly. Yeah, dude, I like that. <laughs> Plus, you know, like, if Loki and Sylvie eventually are able to, for the finale, like, overthrow this worst possible Loki... I think, you know, that sort of completes both their character arcs that we've been dealing yeah. with so far. So. I like that. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, why, don't we, why don't we get to uh, that fight scene, though? Because, again, very well done. Um, I did notice that the TVA weapon is a pencil. <laughs> uh, you made a wonderful comparison to Doodle Bob. Oh, yeah. Um, just imposing your will on the world with a pencil tip and an eraser but um yeah i i noticed that during the show during the last episode during that fight scene in the blue room with the timekeepers and i was like oh that's so cool i feel like i'm late to the party on this but yeah no nobody realized that apparently but it's neat right it's a natural 
cool, fun idea for this group of office workers that are literally rewriting existence. Yeah, I that's a really great observation that you made. Um, I can almost guarantee you, now that you've made that, um, that will be in like the Loki documentary for this like in terms of like production design because that sure. is br- that is like so brilliant um because yeah you're right they are uh, erasing things and it would make sense if their tools re- represent what they're doing and uh, mm-hmm. i feel like the the pencil aspect of that with like the tip being like the sword in this mm-hmm. was really prominent in the fight scene because i don't think those props necessarily looked like that beforehand or maybe we just didn't get a good enough look because they're really sharp <laughs> in in that particular scene because uh, mm-hmm. Sylvie was like stabbing people with those um, yeah so yeah uh, that's a really good observation but I do think it's very interesting because you have like the stabbing side and the let's say warping side with the eraser where so far we've seen all the TVA agents using the eraser maybe that's protocol right but are there scenarios where they can use the pointed end like you're if you actually treat it like a pencil like narratively one end is being used to fix mistakes being the pruning in their eyes and the other end is used in their case probably sparingly but when they think something should be a certain way they have the power to make it that way by right. like writing killing you know i think it, it whoever designed that whoever thought of that they need an award whatever award that would be under they need an award <laughs> yeah that's good stuff um, dude like just like hammering home on like the production aspect of this um this episode in particular i thought looked great because it it seemed like this it seems like this whole show is mostly done like in interiors um in the throne room sequence is like up there with some other with some like star wars throne room sequences you know like yeah um just having like the smoke effects and the room itself looking crazy with like different staircases in the background and the rune behind them all um I thought it looked great. I, I thought that this show is like really impressing me in terms of its production design. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, a quick aside, but I saw this on uh, the internet. I saw it blow up on Twitter. Sophia Di Di Martino. I, Di Martino, thank you. Yeah. Um, was praising the costume designer because uh, they designed her costume to allow her to nurse in between takes because she's a new mother. So, like, again, just production design. I- I've never seen any superhero suit do anything like that, right? But uh, just, again, the- I think Loki on a lot of fronts, and many other people have pointed it out too, but, like, the production team and the credits, it's a lot of women. Like, mm-hmm. I think predominantly women, so... Loki, I think, so far is the most commendable in terms of just a lot of aspects of production. Um, like, WandaVision, I think, is still really impressive by doing the different decades and the studio audience. It's a an achievement, but I think Loki so far is just very, very... This is a bar for future projects on this format, I think. Yeah, and for me, it's incredibly surprising. I had very low... No, I wouldn't say very low, but I had lower expectations with this show than I did with the previous two Disney Plus shows. And Loki has cemented itself as like a very unique MCU experience in all aspects. Um, Production design, conceptually, story-wise, musically, the music in this show is Mm -hmm. incredible. And it's uh, especially on point in this um, episode. And yeah, man, there's so much we could talk about. 
and there's still more to talk about but yeah the show this show is great and this episode was awesome yeah and in my spoiler free talk um i was talking about tension right and maybe one of my favorite scenes in the shows so far was mobius in ravana's office when he Mm -hmm. was just like like a great acting from owen wilson like he was being very suspicious and i saw people making reference to i guess that pen he talked about a couple episodes ago uh and he like looked at it and it said like some high school and that she took away from him and then in this episode when he was like really being slow and respective and taking sips of his drink he just like looked down at the pen they didn't really like, make a big point of it but then mm-hmm. he was just like started questioning her after that so like yeah mobius i loved everything with his character this episode but specifically that scene where he was questioning her and then took the data pad i thought that was very well done yeah he's amazing in this show um i definitely got choked up when he got pruned obviously we know now that he's you know probably not safe but he's out there somewhere um just being like i would go back to wherever i was on the timeline Hopefully I was riding a jet ski. I want to go back to my jet ski. And that, that was mm-hmm. those are his last words. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that moment, it it like it held so much weight uh, for me. And yeah, it's he. I think he's excellent in the show. There's I feel like there's so many standout performances, and I think we especially got one with completely randomly. I think um, with Hunter B fifteen, who was yeah. a kind of like a side character in a lot of ways and she was affected by uh sylvie's enchantments and uh i think hunter c20 was the one who was like screaming from the rooftops being like hey i was a variant and hunter b15 was more quietly realizing what was going on and had sylvie like take her to uh the apocalypse for safety in a way uh from the tva and we get the awesome shot of her experiencing her life through sylvie's enchantment Mm-hmm. And I love the decision of not showing it. Of Me just too. hanging on her face and getting all the emotion we need. And it's great because, like, you yourself picture what that could be. And she comes out of it and saying, saying like, I looked happy. That was mm-hmm. a great choice. And I know, like, I don't want to harp on the <laughs> the recent IGN review, uh, which we, you and I both disagree with heavily. But that yeah. was something they noticed in saying, like, why didn't they show that? I dis- I wholeheartedly disagree with that. Like yeah. them purposely not showing that and giving the audience a chance to picture what that could be was so powerful. And from from a from a character that's a side actor who had just the great moment of completely shining in that scene. Plus like I think it was important to show Sylvie in that scene as well. Like like she i think they showed her face a little bit like when her eyes were closed and she like Mm -hmm. looked like she was like a happy sad like seeing this person become free right like yeah and there was a bond of trust that was formed there and i think it was a very intimate character moment so having being in that moment not being like look at b15 at a family barbecue like yeah (laughs) i'm glad that they did it that way for sure because a few minutes later B-15's trust in Sylvie fighting by her side, right? Like, so I, I think you w- would have had that effect still if you saw it, but I, I think it was way more powerful the way they and, handled it. Right, and to your point, like, I believe Sylvie, right before she does that to Hunter B-15, says, like, we're all variants, we're all the same. Mm-hmm. And you really get that, like, once uh, 
Hunter B15 like goes with that experience. And I'm just really excited for the Loki uh, revolution of the TVA and just mm-hmm. showing everyone their past lives and being like, okay, we have to thro- overthrow this. <laughs> and that's what I'm expecting. And I think that'll be cool. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we get into that a little bit and then we can like speculate for what's next. But uh, quickly, mm-hmm. I think we have to shout out uh, Lady Sif making an appearance oh, yeah. once again, Jamie Alexander. Dude, I freaked. <laughs> Did not expect that. Apparently, yeah, the- she's she's going to be in the Thor Love and Thunder, which mm-hmm. it, I forgot about. Um, so it's a nice little tease we got for, for her to show up in this, who I think has been sorely missed in terms oh, of like yeah. hardcore MCU fans. Because, um, yeah, she just like, I think she went over to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and... Once she crossed over to that plane of the MC of Marvel, she was just like shunned. Not really, but like she just wasn't in the MCU anymore, which was sad uh, with yeah. Thor continuing. So I'm glad she she's back now. Yeah, because like Sif, I thought was great in both Thor movies. I thought she was a highlight. You know, I think I thought she was the best of Thor's friends. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, and I'm honestly, I think there was a scheduling problem with her for getting into Ragnarok and I'm glad that that happened because I'm convinced if she was in Ragnarok Taika would have killed her with the other three <laughs> like, mm. so yeah I, I'm truly hoping th- the title of the movie is called Thor Love and Thunder mm-hmm. if we get this crazy love I don't know hexagon between like Thor uh, Sif Natalie Portman's character um, and who am I thinking of um who's now the king of asgard valkyrie yeah um it it seems like it might be going in that direction which would be Mm -hmm. really funny um and i would hope for (laughs) at the end of that movie everyone just hates thor (laughs) um romantically at least uh Mm -hmm. but yeah she i think she had a really funny scene in this show um and i'm excited for her future it's it's great that she's back oh yeah um so yeah, why don't we talk about the the big revelation? Because there is a post credit scene this week. Uh, Loki, very dramatically, is pruned uh, in front of Sylvie's eyes. Uh, also, before we get to that, um, I'm sure you've seen this conversation as well when Loki's about to say something to her. What, I have how the force. Are you, how are you reading that? <laughs> he has the force, man. Um, yeah. No, this. I mean, like, they kind of set it up that they are interested in each other romantically Mm -hmm. which is weird but i guess makes sense for the loki character being completely self-centered yeah um i don't know how i feel about that (laughs) uh but yeah i think that's what that's setting up i feel like it's very much like the rise of skywalker situation but in the rise of skywalker he was gonna say finn was gonna say to ray that he had the force Uh, yes I don't think there's I don't think there's an alternative in this show. I feel like he so, has to say he loves her. I was truly expecting he was going to say I care about you, oh, okay. right? Because he's never said that to anybody before, and he's never shown that to anybody before. Like maybe at the end of Ragnarok, but at this point in time in this Loki's life, he's never shown any care or love. Mm-hmm. And the show is about him accepting who he is. Sylvie is a Loki variant, so on a narrative level like really stepping back him saying he cares about her or loves her is him accepting to love himself in a way right 
so yes, I do think there are some there is some tension for sure. I don't know if it's weird because it is like you said it's a Loki and of course he loves himself or he would love to love himself, right? Sure. Uh but yeah, I saw a lot of heated debate about it and I think people are maybe getting a bit too worked up about it if it actually is going to be that cuz it's like it's Loki, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it it makes sense with his character. Obviously it's this is a very conceptual show. So this mm-hmm. is some, something that's like kind of new. Um so it is weird, but mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just it's one of those like episode by episode I'm like how are they going to handle this? And we just like yeah. don't know that yet. Mhm. Cuz I did see that Michael Waldron, the uh writer of the show said he sees it as a romantic thing but kate mm-hmm. heron who i think is the showrunner or the producer or whatever because i know there's no proper showrunner but she is like the spearhead of the whole thing she says she doesn't see it romantically but the writer does so like there's a weird conversation that's been happening recently i thought it was a caring thing but we'll see i guess yeah in in either way uh, Loki was going to express that he has an emotional attachment to Sylvie in some way or yeah. another. Yeah, and it, it didn't seem like she knew what he was going to say either, so, like, who who's going to figure out what she feels about this whole thing, but we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so Loki gets yeeted to another dimension. Um, surprise, nobody dies when they get pruned. They get teleported to... A different multiverse a different dimension i don't know what it is but they get teleported somewhere and um loki wakes up with a bunch of other lokis and one of them's a alligator <laughs> is it an alligator or a crocodile i heard uh, there's a lot of uh debate online couldn't tell kayla was saying people are saying it's a crocodile but it's an alligator so okay. she was very upset but by the confusion so i was like oh it's an alligator i, I believe nice. but yeah, what what did you think of that reveal? Um, thought it was hilarious. I totally forgot about the Loki for president situation in the tra- the first trailer for the show. Um, so I, I mean, I'm sure we're gonna get that scene in a uh, uh, next episode. But now that you mentioned the idea of um, Loki potentially running the show of the TVA, it just makes more sense now that we're talking about this mm-hmm. of. If Loki's running the TVA, he's pruning all the Lokis, sending them to this trash dumpster place, and just leaving them there to rot so he could be the prime Loki. That just makes a whole lot of sense now. And we're getting a Loki revolution, I think, and it's going to be awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. What about you, though? What did you think? So, yeah, I, I think it's going to be everybody from the TVA, or sorry, everybody who gets pruned by the TVA, I think, gets sent to this location. Mm -hmm. um some of the random variants probably just die off because it looks like a hostile environment um but there are probably going to be survivors i imagine loki is going to find mobius here next week um because he when he got pruned he got sent here and sure he's holding on for a little bit in this environment uh but yeah i I think next week it's going to explore this i think like you said we are going to build up to a breaking free uh loki leading the charge kind of like he did for the asgardians in ragnarok but for all these lokis and all these variants that got pruned um 
and then that would probably bring some sort of chaos in to the sacred timeline and then maybe end the show with it shattering and it's like oh it never really mattered in the first place but all these characters got pruned now they have free will and the tva is disabandoned i imagine that's where we're going yeah um i did have one issue with this episode or just the show in general um which they did mention this in the ig interview and i did agree with it was that the end of episode two with uh sylvie dropping all the um like bombs throughout the timeline and like making all these branches like that didn't really matter and i guess it makes sense now that uh everything that like all the rules have been thrown out so of course it didn't matter but it just left on that note after episode two where it was such a big deal and Mm -hmm. we didn't really get to see how it affected the tva or how it affected the timeline at all um obviously now it seems like that wouldn't have affect anything because uh the timeline is just kind of a bunch of bullshit at this point um it seems Mm -hmm. but it it was a little it, it was a little upsetting that it felt so huge in episode two and then now it just you know seems like it doesn't really matter yeah i it's definitely weird because i didn't even realize we didn't address it but i do think we could probably circle back to it in the moment of this show that will be the equivalent of that episode of wandavision where they were like this is everything that's happening right now um Mm -hmm. i'm sure when it's officially revealed that like yes there is no sacred timeline tva is a bunch of liars it's a weird cult and none of this matters that will be resolution for the fact that we didn't really see any chaos ensue from that. Um, but it definitely was jarring because I didn't even realize it until I watched that review you sent me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I am excited like for the Answers episode, which it does seem like next episode will be <laughs> the Answers episode. Mm-hmm. In, the, in the sense that you and I didn't like episode, I think it was four of WandaVision, where that felt like a breaks grinding to a halt all right let's catch up all all the characters that need to know what's up um so yeah i am excited to it like it it seems like having the answers for this particular show is going to be really rewarding yes you know it's confusing right now in a in a really good way definitely yeah so i i'm with you i'm excited to see the reasoning and because i also don't think we're going to get all the answers the way that wandavision kind of gave us all of them i don't think we'll get that here yeah I think we'll get enough, you know. And then... Yeah, I think we'll have a good understanding. For sure. Um, do you think, this is my last question, I guess, uh, in terms of this weird dimension that has a bunch of different Lokis in it and presumably the other people who are pruned, do you imagine we will see variants of familiar MCU characters on this planet next week? Um, if we That's do, like it would be thing. like, yeah, it would be like side characters, I, mm-hmm. I feel. Um I don't know who that would be. It would have to be like a really lesser character that no one really cares about. Um, like, what if? Yeah. What if it was like uh, Terrence Howard as Brody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need that. Or like, what? What if? Because remember how like Deadpool got um Brad Pitt for that like ten second joke. Mm-hmm. What if they got like because of this fact that everybody loves what if they got tom cruise for 10 seconds to be tony stark oh dude that's so good like something like that right like some they fun have matt thing. damon as loki they do yeah 
So, yeah, they got to do that. Yeah. I, I think next week's going to have a ton of Easter eggs for sure. So, yeah, because like if people who are pruned go to wherever this is, which by the way, there's Avengers Towers in the background. Um, so it seems like some apocalyptic Earth, maybe. Yeah. Um, if people are sent there, then that would also potentially mean that the objects that are pruned during that process are also sent there. So it seems like this is probably like a trash planet in a way, like garbage is being sent, sent there. And yeah, in a way it it does seem like Sakaar kind of, um, and, uh, pruned people are also sent there. Uh, I just love how I have like way more questions. Like has the TVA been around for as long as they said it has been around for, or has this been since time moves differently? Has it, is it a new organization that is just getting rid of things that whoever is running it deems un, unworthy? Um, where is the TVA? I just don't even know. I love how we're at this point, and I have more questions now. It's amazing. Yeah, and I think based off of the way the show's ran so far, I think most of the answers are going to be satisfying. Even And I do think a satisfying answer is no answer in the case of the show in some sort of responses, so... Yeah, and I feel like the people who were upset over the predestination idea, I mean, I haven't seen their reactions online, but I feel like they would have to be happy in a way because that doesn't seem like the case anymore Mm -hmm. Um, since the TVA isn't what we thought it was. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I feel like this this show will probably have some good answers. Yeah, well... uh... Hopefully, we'll have some of them next week. Uh, excited to talk about episode five, the penultimate episode of Loki. But until then, Jack, where can the agents of Excelsior find you? Sure, you can follow me on social media at Fascinated Jack. What about you, Christian? You can find me on Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Chun2D2, as well as here, youtube.com slash joyclicks for the video version of Excelsior every Saturday under the playlist for Excelsior alongside the playlists for our other shows. Jedi Knights, Gamescast, uh, Long Play Club, those will be updated in their playlists individually. If you want the audio version of this podcast, you can check it out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your service of choice. If you can rate and review on your platform, it would be appreciated because it helps the show out a ton. And if you want to help the show out further, patreon.com slash joyclicks is where you can go to support at the $1 or $5 tier. $5 tier gets you producer credit on this show and every show like Chris Akis, Aaron Easton, and Charles Applin. So thank you very much. Jack, any final words on Loki before next week's episode or maybe Spider-Man or anything you want to put into the world for an expectation or hope for next episode? Um, I'm hoping that this show doesn't follow the trend of having a really bad last episode of the show. I feel like this show has surprised me enough at this point where the finale might be good. Yeah. Yeah, I I think you're right. I, I think... I think the internet probably won't love it, but I think the people who were on board with Loki this entire time will probably enjoy the finale. Yeah. That's my bad. I'm with you. But we'll see. Until then, Excelsior. Excelsior. Excelsior.